right, Derek, we basically have two options here. We can take a look back at the Big Ten tournament where Michigan made it to the championship game but then lost for the third time this season to Michigan State. Or we could just scrap it and go ahead and look at the NCAA tournament. Man, it's up to you. Let's just let's just go for the tournament. I had a feeling you would say that. So just off the off the bat, top of your head, what did you think of Michigan's draw? I like the draw. Uh, I do think that there's some, I guess you call them middle of the pack teams in terms of seeds for the tournament. Uh, I do think there's some really quality teams in the West region. Uh, but naturally, if you kind of advance all the teams where you think they should go, which is very easy to do, and a lot of us think that, I mean, some things look obvious. Yeah, I mean, you get the better draw, I guess, because you don't potentially have to face Duke uh, like Michigan State does. So I, I know that a lot of the fans and, and beyond are a wreck about that. But in terms of, I mean, it's a talented the, the tournament itself is full of talent, and that's why anything can happen really outside of um, some of the 16 and 15s winning. I mean, it finally happened last year, a 16 uh, won over a one seed for the first time. And, and so, yeah, that can happen, uh, but it's likely not going to. And so if you look at the competition that Michigan could face on its way to uh, even the Final Four, I mean, they have some some teams that could present some tough matchups, but you can make that case for really anybody in the NCAA tournament because there's always going to be a 13 seed that finds themselves in the Sweet 16 that nobody was talking about until it happens. Yeah, I thought the the complaints from Michigan State were a little too reactionary because the path to the Elite Eight is pretty clear. That's where you would face Duke, presumably, for a shot at the final four Michigan on the other hand yeah I I see them facing up against uh, a quality opponent pretty much every round even in the first round against Montana Mm -hmm. if you remember back to last year Michigan for the first two games of the tournament like scored a total of one point maybe in the first five minutes like it was something ridiculous like that so yeah I, I think you know there's nothing to necessarily be upset about here with this draw it's uh, it, you could be you could be put in worse places for sure. I mean that's that's a that's a given. Michigan's a two seed. I don't see anything really to complain about. So when we look at this matchup against Montana, and then we go ahead and like there's Nevada or Florida, these are teams that that I think the casual Michigan fan probably doesn't like pay a whole lot of attention to throughout the season. You, you remember Montana because of last season and like Florida is kind of always in your head between basketball and football season. There's Nevada, which had a really good year, but like they're on the West coast and you know, it's a smaller conference, smaller school. You don't really know what to, what to make of them completely. Do you think that this could be kind of like a sucker punch year where Michigan gets bounced by, by some team that you're thinking, gosh, how did that happen? I mean, it's possible. And one of the things I was talking about with my cousin today is how last year I felt like I had confidence looking at the the tournament and and little did we know that it was going to take a Jordan Poole buzzer beater to get past Houston. Now, Houston was a sixth seed. It wouldn't have been the the worst of upsets 
um, in the NCAA tournament. Things like that happen all the time, every year in every region. Um, but this year, uh, it's again, you face the same team as last year. Both teams look significantly different, in my opinion. Not that I know a lot about Montana, but just from reading. And I feel less confident. Uh, and maybe because it's the fact that last year Michigan came off of a Big Ten tournament championship and rattled off some impressive wins. And, and this year they found a way to lose the same team three times. And so I think that Michigan could get bounced uh, in the first weekend. I do think that they are better than any of the teams uh, that they'll face. Um, but again, it's the NCAA tournament and a team like a Nevada, Florida, uh, even Montana could show out and, and upset the Wolverines. Uh, because, again, really until you get to the the Elite Eight, which you could face the number one seed, you are the favorite um, over every team except for Gonzaga in that bracket uh, when you represent that two line. Now I'm with you. I think there is a reason to be less optimistic this season than last season. But it doesn't have a whole lot to do with who Michigan will be playing. I think it, it's more to do with – and I'm not the first to bring this up. This isn't unique to me, but Michigan doesn't have like a go-to scorer. And I think I've, I mentioned this in the, in the last show or maybe the show before that, how they, they don't have a guy who can just go get a bucket. And that's a problem. Not consistently anyway. Um, Braz Dacus can kind of do that for you. Xavier Simpson can maybe do that for you. Isaiah Livers has surprisingly come up as a guy who can do that for you, but, but there's no one consistently who can just go get you a bucket to kill like an 8-0 run or a four-minute scoring drought. And at, at some point in the course of this tournament, you know that's going to come up. You know they're going to hit a scoring drought. It could happen in every game, you know, like it seems to have happened on the stretch of the season. And and I just worry that for as many times as they were able to get through that and and still somehow win the game, at some point it's just not going to work out like that. And and I wonder, you know, at what point does that happen? Like where is that really going to hurt them so that's what I'm worried about yeah I mean it's easy to look back at the regular season and look at hey Michigan needs to be that team they were in the the non-conference season that November that December team who even uh, put a beat down on Purdue uh, within the conference instead of just focusing on that month I think Michigan needs to be a team especially in the first weekend that can get out and get up ahead so when a scoring draw happens they might let a team kind of sneak back into a game uh, but they have to build a lead that they can sustain they built a lead on Michigan State at least in both in two games, if not all three games, um, and gave up that lead and eventually never – I mean, you never can recover uh, when Michigan State started playing as well as they did in some of those games late. And so when I look at a team like a Montana or a potential matchup with Florida or Nevada, you don't want a team to feel like they're in the game the entire stretch because what could happen if it's a back and forth – which often those, even the 16 seeds, 15 seeds, and I know they have won some games, but even in the games where they don't, or maybe even end up losing by 15 to 20, there are a lot of games at halftime where it is a close game and you kind of look and like, wow, like is a 15 seed, is a 16 seed going to do this? And so for me, if Michigan can maintain a lead throughout, I think they have a better chance of escaping the weekend. If they let a team hang around, happen to hit, a scoring drought with anywhere from 10 to five minutes to go, then I think they could be in trouble because of the reasons you said. They don't necessarily always have the go-to guy. It seems like they're stagnant and a lot of guys kind of hang around. You know, Derek, we need to just mention the obvious. Like, I think you got a dog back there. I do, yeah. And I've got a cat 
who I had to lock out of the room because uh, for some reason he'll just like hop up on the desk and knock stuff over as we're doing this. So two pets in the background, I, I think, uh, I don't know if it adds any character to our show, but it's, I think we just had to acknowledge it, man. Yeah, man, it's March, it's, man. Everything, anything happens in March. <laughs> anything could happen with your pets. I, I, I'm not going to use my imagination, but yeah, any, anything can happen in March as has been well-documented. Speaking of which, Virginia is a one seed again this year playing Gardner Webb and, and Columbia. Well, speaking of cities, is it Des Moines or Des Moines with an S? I've always said Des Moines, but I'm also a Midwesterner like yourself. Okay, so yeah. I, I don't know that I can say that that's accurate. Yeah, because us Midwesterners, I understand, and I didn't until kind of recently, but it's come to my attention that we we put S's on things. And so even you don't hear too many Illinois anymore. But Des Moines is, or Des Moines, whatever, is is a little different ball game because I'm just, you don't hear it as often. I'm not sure. I guess we'll hear it on the telecast, and whatever I hear is basically what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what I do. And and then sometimes, like like Josh Metellus, I, Harbaugh just called him Metalist, and I've heard that being used oh on gosh. TV before. And so, I mean, there's guys, I can't think of the player right now. Uh, oh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, it's Tyrod Taylor, but I'm pretty sure that analysts and broadcasters have been calling him Tyrod Taylor ever since college. And he finally said something about it when he was going to lead the, uh, the Browns before Baker Mayfield took over. And there's another Holy instance crap. too that I, I can't think of, but yeah, I mean, we, we can say what we want. This is our podcast. We can, we can pronounce things in the way that we feel most comfortable, but I'm sure there will be, uh, someone maybe from Iowa listening, tuning in and saying, these guys are absolute idiots. Yeah, if we've got any listeners in Iowa, please reach out. Don't don't leave a bad review because of this, certainly. But please reach out and let us know if we're butchering your great city's name. So Iggy Brasdakis is a guy I mentioned who could become like a a bucket getter when Michigan needs one. He's had two really good games against Michigan State. He played really well in the Big Ten tournament. Is that something that you can see carrying over into the NCAA tournament on a on a bigger stage as you know presumably they move forward? Because of his age and because of his history playing overseas uh, and I, and I think just the type of player he is, I definitely see him taking advantage of the spotlight and having a big game. I think where he comes in is where maybe against Houston where it seemed like Michigan couldn't get a score going last year and had to have a Jordan Poole shot save the really the season and, and keep that run going. I think Iggy could take over in a game like that, like against a Montana or against a Nevada or Florida, and just be that guy that can maybe score nine in a row for the Wolverines to kind of push that lead uh, or, or get back into a game. Um, but I expect him to take full advantage of the spotlight. I mean, he's trying to get drafted in the first round, I would imagine. I don't really see him coming back regardless unless he gets a bad review because uh, I know they can go test the waters nowadays. Yeah, now what about Charles Matthews? Because it seemed like the Big Ten tournament where you play three games in a row is a good opportunity to get your legs underneath you after missing a few games. But um, it, it was like hit and miss, basically, with his offense anyway. His defense didn't seem to, to miss a beat. So um, I, I got to think that like at some point he's going to come back and he's going to be at least close to the Charles Matthews we knew before 
he went out with an injury. And I I think for me, like he is maybe the X factor if we're going to designate an X factor in this NCAA tournament, because when he is able to, to drive and like hit those little pull up fadeaway jumpers in the lane, one that breaks down a defense and, and he can kick it out if he so chooses, but he's also, when he's at his best, he's, he's a really good finisher. He's, he's very athletic. I've complained before about him taking like too long of strides and it kind of slows him down a little bit, but all in all, he's very athletic, able to go get a bucket, another potential bucket bit, bucket getter as we go back to that topic. But I think he's, he's the guy that like, if, if Michigan has him clicking, then all of a sudden things really open up and, and we might be able to see Michigan make a deep run into the tournament. Yeah. I've talked about this a couple of times in the last couple of podcasts about him kind of uh, being a go-to player in last year's tournament. For me, I was maybe expecting to see more in the big 10 tournament and it is a lot to play multiple games in a row like they were doing. Um, and so for him to adjust back into a mix during that craziness, maybe I expected too much, but with another week and, and some practices, I do think we'll see maybe the the best version, if not a much better version of Charles Matthews. He seemed to be pretty inactive in a couple of those games. And the first one on that Friday night, he, he was on the bench a little bit longer. Um, but he is absolutely a guy who will make an impact and, and really has to make an impact alongside Iggy Brazdakis and others if Michigan wants to be a, a second weekend team and potentially beyond that. Uh, and make another shot or run at the Final Four or even have a shot at a championship. So I would expect him to look more comfortable uh, and really get back into his groove. And and hopefully, like I've mentioned before, again, if he drawing from his experience last year uh, and really just even his time at Kentucky playing with top players and, and in a, within a good program, I mean, they really need that leadership. Uh, I think that that's also when Xavier Simpson will will come in. He's been a part of some good Big Ten tournament runs uh, been a part of some big NCAA tournament games, specifically last year uh, when he had more of a role. Uh, and so he'll be big. And, and really that leadership and experience, I think, will carry a guy like an Iggy because someone like Iggy could go into takeover mode and, and maybe miss a couple of shots in a row and get down or, or try to do too much. And I think that that's when a guy like Charles Matthews or, or Xavier Simpson will have to reel him in and say, hey, like uh, we've got to get it done a different way because this isn't working. Okay, now I want you to to look at the bracket and like take away any possible opponents Michigan might be playing and just designate a spot like the Elite Eight or the Final Four where Michigan needs to get in order for this to be successful. I'm going to say make it to the Elite Eight. Um, and, I, and I think most people would be relatively happy but if you make it to the final four then i'd consider it a successful season uh and knowing that you could run up against michigan state for the fourth time in a row uh especially a matchup with duke who who seems to be i mean it's like chalk everyone's taken duke uh that i've seen other than a few people that maybe have picked north carolina because of because of that matchup but i would say because of that and some of the other things to consider uh in the tournament and knowing that teams can lose or, or win on any given night I'd say Elite Eight is solid. Final Four is a is a great season. Now, I guess maybe the better way to phrase that is like, because of course, if you get to the Final Four, that's a successful season. Like, it doesn't really matter who you are. If you get to the Final Four, success. Is there a point where like it's unsuccessful? Like, where is that line? 
Is it, you know, if Michigan makes it to the Sweet 16 and loses, what are we calling that? I think you're disappointed if they lose in the Sweet 16. Uh, but I think it, as long as you make it past the first weekend, one, you avoid the, the jokes, uh, I would say. Um, and two, that would, that would be truly a disappointment. I mean, that means you're either losing to a 15, uh, a 10, or a 7, regardless of who the team is or how well they played. And I think any time that you are a team that gets upset in that first weekend, I think that's where it's dangerous to be the two seed. Because uh, you've seen Michigan play at the three and at the four in tournaments and, and make the Elite Eight, and it feels like, hey, you know what? They were, they were maybe one of the best eight teams or best 16 teams. Michigan's considered a top 10, top eight, and, and to some still even a, even a better team than that, uh, depending on what you like to look at for your rankings. And so for me, if you don't get past the first weekend, I think that's definitely uh, a goose egg, and, and I think that you're disappointed. And, and I think that as a fan, as a player, as just anyone who's following the tournament, you would probably expect Michigan to, to be in, in a spot where they're competing to, to win the region. Yeah, I think that's something I always just like doing in, in my own head, thinking about if you know, all things are equal, if Michigan football makes it to the Big Ten uh, conference uh, title game or to a New Year's Six Bowl, is that successful? If Michigan basketball makes it to the Elite Eight, is that successful? As you can just bounce it back and forth in your head and then make all kinds of justifications one way or another to a, to a certain point, probably to the final four where it's hard to, to justify saying it's not successful. So that said, how far do you think Michigan can make it? Right now I have Michigan in the elite eight. Um, and no, actually, I guess right now I do have Michigan in the final four in my bracket. I think they can make the final four. Um, a lot of people, again, point to a Duke-Michigan matchup, if that's the case, assuming that everything uh, goes well for Duke. But, I mean, all things aside, I think Michigan will make it to the Elite Eight for sure, and, and I like to think that they play well enough to make the Final Four. I do think they are one of the best eight teams, no doubt. Uh, and even in a game where you lose for the third time to Michigan State, they looked a lot better than than the first two matchups. And so I think that kind of gave me something to, to look forward to and hope that they can put it together. And then again, we didn't talk a lot about the Big Ten tournament, but those first two ga- days, I know they're not Michigan State's, but that Friday night and Saturday game, Michigan looked like the team that they looked uh, last year against Texas A&M, where Texas A&M beats North Carolina a two-seed pretty bad and then gets blown out by Michigan uh, after Michigan barely even makes it to that game. So I do think that they have potential to be Elite Eight, potentially Final Four. Yeah, Nick Bumgarner, I think, made a good observation about Michigan, sure, losing to Michigan State for a third time, but they got better in that in that mm-hmm. Big Ten tournament, in that process, getting to the championship game. They got better. And tournament Michigan came for the first two games. Yeah. And, you know, for, for most of the third, really. Tournament Michigan was there. That was a really good sign. So I have a bracket that I filled out, just uh, me and my girlfriend. And I have Michigan winning the whole thing, of course. It, but uh, more down to earth, I think Michigan is somewhere between an Elite Eight and Final Four team. If they make it to the Final Four, I I think it's Duke coming out of the East. And... I just don't see Michigan getting past Duke. I, it, did you say? Did you did you have Michigan also losing to Duke in the final four? I did, and again, 
if you make it to the final four though, you you're you've put on quite the run and you have a lot of confidence. I, I would I would Yeah, think. my mind could be changed definitely. I mean, we're talking about one, two, three, four games. So we could see something definitely in four games that could that could make me change my mind and talk about Duke being a 10 point underdog or something. I mean, I know that's ridiculous, but the, the fact of the matter is like you got four games and then we have to talk about a possible matchup against Duke. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, of course, but that's what we do. That's what we always do. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. So yeah, I think I got them going to the final four and then gosh, I mean, you know, we'll just kind of roll the dice from there and, and let it happen. I, I think at this point, like I'm, I'm just not going to be surprised if Michigan makes it to the championship game because they, they do seem to, whether they make it to the championship game or not, like really just come out and play their best basketball at this time of the year. So I've got no reason to think that won't happen this time. So do you have anything you want to add about Michigan and the tournament? I'm just excited for, I mean, this is my favorite time of year. Uh, I think that the tournament's the, it's probably one of the worst in terms of like you get one shot, it's your game seven and you've got to play your best basketball or you're bounced. And I know a lot of people get hired and fired off for these things. And so it's kind of a tough way to go, but Michigan has proved so much under John Beeline, especially as of late uh, with the two championship appearances recently and and last year's run, a run um, that really kind of continued that magical Big Ten tournament run. It seems like they've lost to a better team, um, and they have three times recently, but that doesn't mean that Michigan can't be the better team and really every matchup all the way to the championship uh, if they're going to be able to get that far. And so I just look forward to, to seeing hopefully the best version of Michigan basketball, because I think that will make the tournament a lot more fun for all of us fans. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing about the NCAA tournament. It's not a series. Like you said, it's, it's game seven every game. And so whereas in like MLB play, playoffs, you get a series, and that'll almost always produce the better team. That's not necessarily the case here. You get one game, you get 40 minutes, two 20-minute halves, and and one team's going to win, and it may not always necessarily be the best team. With a bunch of kids. That, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of kids yeah. playing ball. <laughs> it may, yeah. You know, it, it may not be the team that wins 90% of the time in that matchup because it's just happening once. And mm-hmm. so, gosh, yeah, we just – it seems weird to say it, to kind of fetishize it in this way, but it seems like one of those things we really just have to sit back and, and appreciate. And, you know, if Michigan gets, gets bounced in the first weekend, it'll take some time to get over that, sure. But there's a lot of basketball left to be played after that then, and it's going to be exciting. It always is. Yep. So thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue crew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Our pets do not have Twitter accounts, but I could be persuaded. No, I'm kidding. I won't go there. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Go Blue. Go Blue.